right, Gopher Nation, we are back. Sky U Pod coming at ya. Um, Sam's not here today. Max and Sam are. I'm sorry, Max and Spencer are. Um, Max, what do you think about it? Or no, we had the bet, Max. Spencer, what do you think about Sam not showing up when he owes you money? You know, I think the spread was at 14. I yeah. said they're going to win by 21. And sure enough. What was the actual final? They won. I don't remember that. I think it yeah. was more than 21. But... Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, when you play a team and, you know, over the last three years, like I was telling you before, you know, the show started, Curry, Miami was outscored 96 to three in the past three years against Clemson. So there was just no doubt in my mind that they were going to get dominated. Yes, they are a better looking team, but the Clemson Tigers are the number one years. Yeah. Good effort, Miami. Yeah. Well, you guys start up five bucks to start the year. I'm not sure how we're going to carry forward with that game yet. We'll wait for Sam, I guess, to figure out the details, but we got something in the works there. I'll be knocking. Then, uh, so big news, we got uh, the game time announced for the opener. Michigan coming to here, TCF Bank on ABC, 6.30, prime time. Um, That's huge. This is terrific news for absolutely everybody except me. Um, (laughs) This is the only time that I am going to miss the game. Um, I am crushed. I don't want to say... I know anxiety is a big problem for people, so I don't want to say it's causing me anxiety, but like I am sitting here nervous knowing that I'm not going to be able to watch it live happening for the majority of the game. Um, I don't know. I just get that way. I have to be able to watch them to like feel like I have some sort of, not control, but I feel like things go badly if I'm not watching that they haven't done poorly when I watch. But um, yeah. what are your thoughts about starting the night or starting the season off with a night game prime time on national television? You know, um, I think it's great. Um, both PJ and Harbaugh, you know, big time coaches. Um, obviously, the media is going to hype this game up, especially to open up the Big Ten, you know, Friday night. Um, like we were also were talking about Curtis. Um, it's kind of unfortunate that we have three Friday night games this season um yeah you know take what you can get during this year um but yeah it's really exciting friday night next next week mm, i'll be ready i'll be cheering on those gophers um and you know here's a thought i just had i feel like pj is gonna come out with something you know that night you think he'll do a weird kind of jersey combination first game of the year i don't think that that's necessary but you know him he's always trying to to tug at the media strings, so. So, yeah, I could see him come trying to come up with a new slogan for the game. I could see him trying to come up with some sort of uniform thing. Probably not new ones. I wouldn't be shocked if it was, like, um, uh, like the, the gray and gold helmets, you know, just because it is a night game. Those kind of sure. seem to be, like, our alternate unis, I guess. I would be shocked if we didn't have the gold shiny helmets on like we did against Penn right. State and Auburn. I, I would almost bet money on that that's mm. going to be the helmet of whether it's with the gray or the maroon uh that we'll see but yeah max what do you think yeah, i mean starting the season off primetime night game for the jug um it could really set the tone for the season you could you could listen to that one of two ways <laughs> um everyone's <laughs> gonna watch us be successful or everyone's gonna watch us maybe not show up um 
I mean, obviously, if it's a close game, don't show up to the game for the jug. I don't know what's wrong with you. Obviously, we're gonna. Obviously, if it's a close game, we lose. But it's kind of like ingrained, and like everyone's been watching that game. It's gonna be ingrained in everyone's mind. The first Big Ten weekend, like what happened? What what do you like? What do you remember from that weekend? Oh, the Gophers laid an egg, or the Gophers came out and dominated the the Wolverines in prime time. So it's kind of like a like a real tone setter for this season. We're not gonna come out and play, you know the blind school of whatever we're going to come out and play Michigan on ABC at night. I don't know. It's pretty exciting. Friday games are always a little weird, but it doesn't bother me too much. We'll get to that part in a second. Um, I have a, not a rant, but I have a couple points to say on that. Um, but if you had to set the odds, if you were the odds maker in Vegas, what percentage do you think it is that uh, game day is there for our first game for uh, Michigan? Ooh. Are there any um, other big matchups that? So there's two others that I think have a shot. Um, I don't I can't. I'm trying to pull up the specific weeks because in case I missed well, one. But it's Alabama versus Tennessee. They're at Alabama Georgia this week, so I don't yeah. think it's them. And there's also uh, it's like it's either it, it's a combination of these three teams. I think it's like Kansas State Oklahoma State. I think maybe. Those are two teams that are unde- or could be undefeated in the Big 12 at least. So it's either them or, or it's Iowa State versus one of them, and I can't remember which one. It might be Iowa State versus Oklahoma State. I can't remember for sure. So, But those two games would be our biggest competition, I feel like. Well, will it make a difference that our game's on Friday? Not the first one, right? Michigan, that's Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Very good. Um, um, if I was setting the odds, I w- and we're on ABC Network. That's like ESPN's yeah. cousin, brother. It's closer to cousin. They're owned by the Ooh. same company. It's got to be like 85%, I think. I think it's I almost think, a given they're coming here. I think so, too. But, you know, that's crazy to have game day back-to-back years when we've never seen it before. That is... Back-to-back home games. Mm. Yeah, that was the last one at the end of last year. And now we're going to get it back-to-back. Yeah. Um, sucks that... I don't know what they're going to do for a crowd because the last time I feel like we got a bunch of compliments for you know, having a really good atmosphere during it, even though it was like not the best weather. Now it's going to be, just a, I don't know where, if they're going to the same pot on campus, I don't know how there's going to be like fans there cheering, you know, while game day's on. Right. I don't know how they're going to handle that. The couple episodes of game day I've watched this year, it looks like they've done it like in the stadium. On the field. Oh, you're right. It's like no one's really there. That's true. I'm sure. Dinky Town will be all right. <laughs> yeah. What if uh, what if Corso got confused and like came out of his home in Miami and like showed up to the spot they were at last year? <laughs> <laughs> he's it's getting like... kind of yeah. He's getting kind of tough to watch. It doesn't help that it's like he's not there in person. You know, it's all via tele. Virtual. Like, yeah, he's lost a step. Yeah, it's a little he's sad sometimes. This sad. Like he's like. Uh, not even picking he picked florida to beat like a team they weren't even playing last week i'm pretty sure he said florida over i don't even know who he said but it was going around on twitter people were trying to give him crap for doing the florida state you know chop thing after picking florida but he always he's got a history of doing that just because he coached at florida state he doesn't like picking florida per se to win so he always usually just kind of throws in like the chop there because they're rivals but right he's definitely lost a step Anyways, the other thing we talked about, so the Gophers have three of their first five games on a Friday night. Um, so it's Saturday, Michigan, 
Friday night. Hold on. I just lost it here. We play second. Maryland. So Friday night, Maryland. Then Saturday, Illinois in Illinois. And then we have um, Iowa. Purdue. Purdue. Back-to-back Friday night games. And if you go back, I think we talked about this. We talked about this when the first, um, the original schedule came out for this year because we're going to play Nebraska to end the season on a Friday. And Iowa, I believe, was maybe going to be on a Friday this year too. I think it was on the original schedule. I came out and defended it because I don't mind one, maybe two Friday games just to get all eyes on you for that week. Right. When there's three of them within the first five, I, our, there's people all over the state right now that have kids in high school football. I mean, you're taking away a huge chunk of your audience, especially, you know, there's recruits mixed in here too. I know a lot of them I've already decided by now, but I just hate having three of the first five all on Friday. It's different when it's at the end over like Thanksgiving weekend. Like you're already home. Most people are watching there. A lot of football's wrapped up by then. When you're just stuffing it into the front of the schedule just for like more TV dollars. I got to imagine that's why I don't know why else you would want it. Just a bunch of Friday games, but, and I didn't look, yeah, I didn't look, did, does anyone else have three Friday games that like a common thing or did the golfers just get stuck with three of them? I'm not so sure. Typical, typical. I mean, just to like, we're having an, or supposed to have an exciting year. I should say, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but you're going to stick us on Friday when, I don't know, just three times in a row. Like, I get it the one time, it's exciting. But then all those times stacked up back-to-back, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. What do you guys not like about it? <laughs> I mean, I always just like, in general, just college football Saturdays and then having the Gophers to look forward to. Or even if they like, get, yeah. like, that 11 o'clock game, it's still kind of yeah. nice to just have them to look forward to all week. And then if they do play on Friday, it's kind of like, it's nice that it is a, usually a primetime game, but then it's like, well... Now I just have to ride off whatever emotions all day Saturday. It might ruin my <laughs> weekend. Because didn't we play Iowa last year on a Friday? No. I'm not so sure. That was a Saturday. I remember there being one Friday night game last year. It was. Yeah, there's usually. Friday last year? Mm, Maybe there was. That sounds. Mm, well, I don't know. I, I know you're right. We've played Friday night games before. I think we've played two years ago. Wasn't an Indiana game on a Friday at home? We had Indiana at home on a Friday night one time. Hmm. But, well, you know, right. I I like the idea, you know, like you said, Curdy, it's all eyes are on you on Friday. That's what everyone's going to watch. Yeah. But it does put in a hurdle for, like you said, those that are in high school. High school football games are typically at 7 p.m. And that's obviously going to be during the time of, you know, the big college games, too. So um, it'll put a wrinkle in everything. Um, but I guess whatever, you know, yeah. there's nothing really we can do. Fortunately. The thing that's odd too, it's like the Maryland one, like that's on ESPN. It's like, okay, that's cool. That's a lot of exposure. A lot of people will have ESPN on that night. Then the game against Iowa, it's Gophers versus one. Iowa and it's on FS1. Why oh, really? such, why such a odd channel that I'm not saying it won't get a lot of views, but it's not like, I can't believe that one didn't get put on ESPN or something. Maybe because of the butt whooping we received last year. Maybe. I'm not sure. But I got to imagine, because uh, the Purdue one's on BTN, I'm pretty sure, just on Big Ten Network. But I got to imagine that's the third option as far as viewerships. I think more people nationally tune into FS1, I would think. But FS1 I is regional think. also. 
I don't know. I'm sur- I was just surprised that the Iowa one didn't get um get bigger post. Maybe that's part of the draw. Maybe that was part of the reason why they put it where it was. I don't know. I don't know how all that works. All right. Uh, another topic we're going to talk about here tonight is uh, predictions for who will be running back to. As we all know, um, everyone's expected to be the Mo Ibrahim show this year, uh, especially at the start, considering there's not a ton of playing time behind him right now. Um, but if you guys had to pick one guy that you had to say, well, let's go by the end of the year. Who do you think will be the definitive? Like you look back at the season, and, like he was the second go-to guy behind Mo. Who would you guys pick for that? To predict. Oh gosh. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, there's so many good choices, you know, um, I think we kind of touched on it our, in our last podcast, but I think that it's probably going to end up being Cam Wiley. I think that PJ really likes Cam, Cam. Wiley. Um, yeah. Although I like Bryce Williams. I, I personally like Bryce Williams, just watching him play, especially in that Wisconsin game. If you guys can remember that he did really yeah. well, that game. Um, I don't, if I had to put money on it, I'm going to think that it's Cam Wiley. Um, but personally, I like Bryce Williams. There's more guys, though, underneath him, like Jason Williamson. He was out with injury, but I know that he was someone that a lot of folks talked about, the running back out of Owatonna, hometown guy. Um, and I know that we have a freshman, Kai Thomas. I've heard that he's pretty good, too. I don't know if he... Um, will you know make some noise or anything but you know i yeah. like to see you know each of the running backs kind of get thrown into the rotation just to see what what they could do um but yeah i'm thinking cam wiley is likely going to be the backup yeah yeah it's tough because it seems like they're usually split between who the backup is it's usually like a some kind of a two-headed monster depending on the situation but um i like cam wiley as well but i think if i had to bet I would slightly lean Bryce Williams just because he's had a little bit more experience. Um, I think with his speed and just kind of the way that he's shut, like he's already proved that he can handle the ball. Like he can handle being a running back if we needed him to step up and be the starter if Mo were to go down. Um, where we've seen Cam Wiley more in kind of certain spots in the game where he's done well, but he hasn't really had to like carry a big load all the time. Um, so if I had to bet, I would probably bet on, bet on Bryce Williams. Okay, so we had this question lined up. Um, I'll stick with my answer, but I'm going to say something because I'm not going to change it and cheat. Uh, but basically, Ryan Burns put out an article and kind of revealed who he, like reading between the lines, thinks is kind of RB2 going into the year at least. Um, so I was also going to stick with Cam Wiley just because I don't have a lot of good reasons other than he just looks the part. I liked what I saw from him last year. They seem to like him to get him on the field when they can. Uh, they had him on kick return for a little while there um, just to try and get him more touches. 6'2", for 200 pounds. Um, I guess that's one thing they actually wanted to work on is keeping his pad level low just because he is so tall for a running back. But, uh, yeah, he just physically looks the part. Um, one guy you guys didn't mention who I didn't forget about, but I really didn't know they were this high on him until reading the article that came out today, or maybe it was yesterday. Uh, Trey Potts is actually favored to be RB2 to start the year just because, and I get the logic, he is the most, as they put in the article, east to west type guy, kind of compliment Mo. He's kind of the shiftier back. Um, he's also a favorite, I guess, now to be used in the return game. Did not know that before we wrote up this questions, but I still think, you know, 
Potts has been a little bit injury prone, it seems like. Because I remember last year he got dinged up and was gone from a couple of games where we would usually see him in there at times. So if I had to put money on it, I'm going to still stick with Cam Wiley just because if something did happen to Mo, I feel like he's the most physical back to replace him, you know, in that downhill running style. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'd be surprised if Kai Thomas got a ton of looks this year just because, you know, those four guys we mentioned, mentioned Jason Williams, you know, Mo, and then Potts and Williams and Wiley. So that's four or five. How many did I just name? Mo, Cam, Rice, Jason, and Potts. That's five. We're already five deep there. I don't think Kai Thomas is probably going to see the field just because of how talented it is. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, gets a year to learn and everything anyway. Won't cost him a year of eligibility. But um, yeah, they even mentioned uh, Williams about being like one of the best uh, pass protectors. So the running backs coach talked about how, you know, it's get Mo's their guy and then behind him, it's kind of be by committee for what they think certain guys do well and that it could be changing, you know, week to week, depending on what the scheme is. If they want a speedier guy in against one defense versus, hey, we think we got these guys beat up front, so we're just going to keep pounding the ball away. You might see more Cam Wiley and Jason Williams after after Mo in those situations. Mm, that'll be good. I kind of yeah. like... um I kind of like sw- switching it up, kind of like you said. I like, you know, I like our primary back, you know, traditional Minnesota, north to north and south, just down the gut, get it up there, you know, make a play. We do need yeah. to shift your backs, too. And I do think that that's interesting, you know, um, on third downs, a pass protection could be huge, you know, it's, you know, for Tanner, you know, having a, a blocker there. But it'd be great to throw in a wrinkle with like some play action, you know, on a third down, you know, third and three, let's say, you know, oh, are we going through the air and kind of just yeah. running the football with one of those guys. So I, I completely agree. Especially too, if our O-line's banged up or if Dunlap and Falele are out, I don't know how many, I mean, we're going to want to have someone in there extra to block. And I don't even know if we're going to even bother with play action, just get the ball out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Hopefully not. Speaking of Falele and Dunlap, uh, didn't, I'm not going to say there's new news on it, but um, on Ryan Burns' podcast, forget the uh, host name, the one that's with Ryan. It's always the two of them. Anyway, they were kind of given like a season outlook, just a quick run through and predicting like, you know, the overall record of the team. And um, the host made a side comment about, you know, hopefully Dunlap and Fall Ale can get back in good graces with the coaches. So I'm not sure what that all entails. Um, you know, I was thinking maybe like fall Ailes was just injury stuff. Um, but coaches usually don't hold it against you if you get hurt and uh you're not usually having to earn back their good graces. So there's there's something else going on there. Maybe like we speculated last week, maybe he's, they're not happy with his effort in rehab or you know, his weight. I'm not really sure. Um I definitely do not expect to see either one of them against Michigan week one no not at this point you know even last week you know just hearing that you know they haven't been practicing it's just out of the question I think so um big big you know big uh setbacks there I think you know um but it's an opportunity for some folks to step up I guess they got it yeah I it's favorite yeah so I think that you know the backup, you know, whoever will fill in those gaps, I think that they'll do well. My problem is, what about the rest of the depth? Um, that's kind of concerning to me. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. 
be curious to see if they want to, because usually Blaze Andrews will bump out to left guard, and the other guy would come over to right tackle, right? But I'm wondering, I'm wondering how if they're gonna just keep Blaze Andrews at that guard spot this time, and then because you know there's gonna be one new face most more likely on week in week one. So is it gonna be a guard that we haven't seen play, or is it gonna be a tackle coming up and filling in on the right side for Fale? You know, um, I hope. I just want to see that. Uh, JJ got it guy play just because he's so massive. He's another six, seven, 300 plus pound offensive tackle for us. He's a registered freshman this year. We said last week he's the guy that offers from Oklahoma, Nebraska. They talked about him. He's more physically ready than he'll best definitely be getting in the rotation. They mentioned so whether that means starting, I don't know, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I don't know where I'd rather see. Um... I, I wanted. I don't know where I'd want you know these gaps to be filled. Are we going to be focused on the guard position, or are we going to be focused on the gap or on the tackle? If we had to bite the bullet on on one of those two, do we want that you know disruption from the outside outside the pocket, or do we want disruption right in the middle? Not to say that whoever's going to be there is is going to mess up and make that disruption happen, but yeah, if we had to pick and choose, what do we want? I think you just pick outside. I mean, for one reason, it's just the farthest away from the it's farther away from the quarterback. Uh, you can line up. We're deep at tight end. We got four tight ends that are probably all going to see playing time. You chip with the tight end. Use a running back to help them out if they're struggling that much. Um, you don't want them coming up the middle untouched because that throws off every. I mean, not that it can't throw it off from the outside either, but I'd be surprised or more so just disappointed if we have the starters in there that we think well, at least the four. Right? You'll have. Connor Olsen, uh, Schmitz, um, Blaze Andrews, Please. and Schluter. And three of them three of them play or can play inside. So, you know, that would be the most disappointing if we're getting torn up inside when those are like the veterans on the line, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Max, anything you want to add there? Just praying for the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just so, I mean, because it, it was O-line was almost one of our deepest positions is going into this year offensively the only thing that we were missing really rodney you can say but i'm i have confidence in mo to fill that gap perfectly honestly and of course tyler johnson um which will be hard to replace we understand that but i mean other than that our offense was firing on full cylinders everyone's back everyone's going to be better and just to hear this news is it's just, um, it's a bummer, you know? Um, but, you know, we who knows, like, whoever steps up, they may do a great job there. We'll see. You know, it's just against Michigan. They're going to be tough. We all know that. So um, yep. they're going to get their hands dirty right away. So we'll see. Yep. Ma- Max, do you know, um, or Curdy, do you know, is there a spread out yet? <laughs> do we know what, what the pr- professionals are, are choosing or? Where's that? We'll uh, get into this more next week when we do the Michigan preview. Oh, sure. Uh, But yeah, uh, they just dropped today. Um, We opened up as two and a half point favorites. And the home team, when there's a crowd, usually gets like uh, three points, they say. So really, they're just calling it a toss up between us and Michigan right now. Yeah. Which is, I think, which is, it's a fair estimation. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, I mean, like these rankings, like Michigan's ranked ahead of us all of a sudden to start this year. 
I'm not saying they couldn't end up being the better team this year, but there's nothing to look at on paper going into this year to say, yeah, Michigan deserves to be ranked ahead of them. Like, we're returning more players. We're returning more key players in the quarterback, offensive line, your best player, and Bateman's back. I mean, I know our defense lost a lot of guys, and if you're not a Gopher fan, you're not going to probably realize that, yes, most of the D-line's gone, but all the people that are now the starters played like 30 to 40% of the snaps in each game last year anyway. Last year. So, yeah. Um, plus, I mean, the D-line is younger this year, which isn't always – I mean, that's not always a good thing or even meaning it's going to be a good thing, but they just – the coaching staff seems really high on these guys right now, so I'm excited to see the D – especially the D-tackles. Um, yeah. Them get after it. It's been a little bit – since we've Since had we've, like the uh, Richardson yeah, type, you know, right? Exactly, exactly. I would love to see just someone just step up and cause disruption right in you know the front lines there, defensive line. But Which Ryan Burns has made a see. comparison for one of the one of the young guys this year to, to Richardson. I just can't remember his name ever. Um, he's mentioned it a couple of times though, but that'll be something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, one thing I was going to add that they mentioned quick about the O line. Um, so this, I think their podcast dropped on Monday or so. He said within the next seven days, expect to hear an update from Fleck on, uh, fall Lele and Dunlap. So in the next, what was that next week, next seven days over these next seven days. So I would guess by like Monday or Tuesday at the latest, probably we'll yeah, hear something on that. Some, he has to give us something. Is he going to give us, you think like information that determines anything? Or is he just going to say, Daniel Falele weighed in at. 395 Curtis Dunlap will wear this number (laughs) knowing PJ I don't think he'll get into the nitty-gritty I think that he'll just kind of you know say his piece is he playing or not they're gonna ask him why I don't know if he'll really get in deep into right why but I I can see him you know saying who's playing well for this Yeah, because those are two starters, so I don't necessarily just going to be like, well, we'll see if they're out there. No, and the way Ryan Burns phrased it, like, if he's saying that he's expecting, you know, them to come out and say something publicly about it within the next week, and Ryan Burns already knows what it is. You know what I mean? Like, something's going to be said about, I don't know, if maybe they opted out. Maybe they're not coming back at all this season. I don't know. Um, That's true. You know, that is a good point. We... We don't know that. They could yeah. certainly have opted out. PJ has not given us any indication that they have not done that. Oh. Um, so or maybe maybe uh, it is just gonna be like, listen, you know, their rehabs or whatever, they went through some personal stuff, so they're not quite ready. So we're not expecting them back for at least the first, I don't know, four games or so. I don't know. I know that's like half the season, but I don't know yeah. what it's gonna be. But um yeah, that'll be something to uh, look after and um you know it just stinks like we were talking about with the depth because especially this year like the whole covid thing you test it for it and you're out three games uh sucks it for the big 10 but um you know another covid news nick saban test positive for the coronavirus uh will not be able to be there on the sidelines at least in person i doubt they set him up with like an ipad um <laughs> for the for the Georgia game this week. How someone brought this up on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. It's one of our people we follow, but there's like I'd almost rather watch Nick Saban watching the game than watch the game itself. 
curious to see how he's reacting, not being able to control anything. Does he? Do you think he just sits there calm, or is he just there, like swearing to himself, like he is on the sidelines when stuff's not going right? Got to imagine he's going to be in his office at his house with like the door locked, game on the TV. <laughs> he's going to have like the game plans all laid out on his desk, the game sheet, yeah. like the play card to like follow on. along. Is it illegal have, for him like, to call in? I to the I, coaches. I heard that he cannot do that. He cannot be involved. Um, okay. but I don't know that for certain. Once the I guess game's so going, it, he can't do anything. That'd be yeah, something like he can't. He can't coach. That's what. That's all I know. Paul Sandbaum yeah. had said it. He said he can't be involved in coaching. Okay, I is just that was even like, a, what does is that, that even, mean? I don't know. I guess is that he, even a COVID rule or is that it's just an like SEC rule? If you if the coach is out, they cannot be involved in the coaching. Yeah. Um, It'd be funny to get a text. <laughs> A text from your boss, Nick Sammy, says, you better effing challenge that boy. <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah. Or you'll no. be trying to, like, look at the other team's signals when they, like, shoot the camera over. <laughs> yeah, right, like, right. Yeah, right. Know. No notes. Like, I wonder how much of that is, like, a COVID thing or, like, a, it's the same as someone just, like, like the Houston Astros, like, someone's in the back room watching. Yeah, I bet you it's a rule no matter what you're missing for, like, kind of, like Shreddy said. Yeah, just, a, just an umbrella. Yeah. Do you guys um, think uh, that'll be detrimental to Alabama, or do you think it'll kind of be a uh, a little bit of a spark? Yeah. Well. Well, I don't think know, it's a I guess spark. It'll regress a little bit. Obviously, first and foremost, we wish Coach Saban nothing but the best, speedy recovery. Yeah. I hear he's not even experiencing. Yeah. I don't think he's experiencing symptoms or anything, so he's doing well, which is good. Thank goodness. But does it cause? At, you know, I I think that it does. I think that I think that it does cause a slight problem for Alabama. Um, I just think that Saban's presence on the field, um, you know, what he sees. I mean, he's a champion. He's been through everything. He he knows how these guys work. Um, Kirby, he was um, you know an underling of Coach Saban. You know, um, in the past. And I don't think Saban has ever lost uh, his underlings before in the past. And I just think that he, I think that he just, that just provides some sort of intellect for him, I think, going into the games. Yeah. And, you know, I know this probably has nothing to do with it, but Steve Sarkeesian has taken over as coach. And I just don't believe in him as, you know, the guy that, you know, the, the players will look up to. Um don't get me wrong, you know, we've seen him do okay, I guess, in the past at Washington, USC. Um, but it's obviously, you know, I think the biggest component of their team is missing, you know? Yeah, um, and it's definitely not, I don't think it gives them a spark really at all. I mean, I suppose they can try, like, you know, rally around it, I guess, like, oh, saving, like, coaches out, let's go win it it for the gipper type thing but uh <laughs> no i i i think it affects the game but i'm not sure it's enough because you know like you alluded to spencer so i want to ask does it even count if georgia wins and saban wasn't there does does he get like a loss to one of his assistants does that count if it does there's an asterisk around it yeah because i gotta imagine that like Part of me thinks Saban, when he's going up against his former assistants, is just playing some post Malone, you know? Like, just, he's just got this song playing. 
Because I don't think he cares. He beats them all. Yeah, I don't think he cares either. I just don't yeah. think it affects him in the slightest there. He just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. He steals part of their brain before he, they leave their program or something, and he just puts it in the next assistant that, like, pops in into their spot because they just keep rolling. Um, Saban is the greatest coach of all time. See, the spread here has changed. I think it was Bama by seven. I thought, I thought they were a seven-point favorite, and now they are down to a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, oh. Yeah. I think Bama wins. I don't know. I don't know the score yet. I just Actually, think they give it to what Najee Harris. Just yeah. Feed him the ball, and I think he'll just take off. So. Yeah, Max, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I mean, I guess I probably should have worded it differently because, like you said, it's not going to be like a spark per se of like, oh man, like we gotta we gotta do something here. Like, that's, like they know Saban's gonna be waiting for him at like whenever he can come back, and they're gonna like not look forward to the ass chewing they might get. Or like what I don't even know if he ever is happy after a win like against Georgia or just like a regular season game, but um I I don't know. I I can obviously see it being like there'll be like that lapse in focus or like that lapse in like we don't have terrifying Nick Saban over our shoulder, like coming after us on the sidelines that like maybe there's just that split second, maybe if there's like a young guy just does something just makes a bonehead play and that ends up costing him. Or almost on the same token if they do play like slightly more relaxed, I don't imagine that really benefiting Alabama because it's not like they needed that to perform well in the past. Um, I have, I think Nick Saban obviously gets the best out of his guys doing what he does. I think he does things the way he does on purpose. Um, obviously discipline is like very big in Nick Saban's eyes. So that's kind of where I see it coming in is like, is there going to be that lapse in focus or is it going to be extra focus because they know they're not going to just get away with, bonehead mistakes coming into the next week so i I don't know i don't think it's going to affect him that much i think george is going to look at it as like this is our time to like steal the crown kind of thing but i don't know if kirby doesn't beat them now will he ever like (laughs) like safe and (laughs) gone they gotta be just looking at like okay this is just like this is an act of god like we are supposed to win this game (laughs) i don't know you look at the assistants that Saban's had, and there's some pretty dang good coaches in there, and yet I can't believe they've never beat him. Never. Not never. one. It's almost and like you know Saban... What's... Go ahead, Max. I was just going to say, it's almost like Saban on purpose. It's just like, I need some time for competition, so I'm going to breed yeah. these super good coaches and then just destroy <laughs> them. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, I was, I was going to say, like, Curry, I'm with you. I don't think that Saban cares at all about it i think he's just wanting to win the game whoever it is but yeah. it's just it is just interesting that he just has not lost to a single one of them yeah i um i'm sure it creates like right like makes him anxious not being able to be there i mean that's his job and it's like oh i have to sit at home and watch him now that'll be weird i'm sure but um yeah i just if okay i'm gonna make the pick now i think Bama's gonna win i think they're I'm going to pick them to cover, but it's going to be close. It's going to be a really good game, I think. Um, a lot of people are, you know, ripping on Bama's defense for their performance last week. They, and I don't think they're wrong. I think Georgia does have the better defense, but I just, I'm not sure it'll matter because Alabama's offense looks that good to me. Um, maybe Georgia slows them down a little, but I mean, it's not like 
Bama's defense is full of a bunch of three stars this year. They're still got the athletes to come up with a few stops. And yeah, I like I like Bama by I'll take Bama by seven. I'll pick them to cover. Yeah, I like them too. Um, I'm thinking Bama. Oh, I think. Oh man, I'll say Bama by ten. I was gonna say seven, but I'm gonna say ten. Um, I think that. I think that the offense is going to be rolling. I I just have this feeling that offensively they're going to be rolling. Defense is going to do what they're going to do. Obviously, Georgia's a great football team. We can't discredit them anyway. But um, I think that Najee Harris is going to have a game, and I just think that um, they'll just ride right off of him and win this football game. So I would. I'm also going to take Alabama and Alabama to cover. Um, I think. I mean, I think Georgia's offense has been pretty good, too, and Stetson Bennett's proven that he's a pretty talented kid. Um, yep. But, I mean, Mac Jones has been very good so far, and he's got even yeah. more weapons around him, too. I mean, Georgia's got some great weapons, too. I can't remember the name of that wide receiver, but, um, but yeah, I mean, yes. But uh, Jalen Waddle is also pretty dang good, so... I don't know. I don't see Alabama losing this game. And it feels like this is one of those Georgia games where they're going to be down by, like, six or seven coming into the fourth quarter and they're it's just gonna be bad they're just gonna piss it away somehow yeah i mean it might be if you had to pick a game at the start of the year you put your biases aside i mean this is probably this was probably number one for a lot of people just given you know the talent coaches I mean, some people have that if you're just ranking teams that have been playing you know they're two top five teams no matter which way you look at it but some people have them in the top three so I, I hope it's a good one. It's really the it's by far the biggest game of the week. I just remember this week being a little bit uh slower compared to the previous weeks, but then it's just got this mammoth game here to end the night. Um do you have any other games for us to pick, Maxwell? I do. So all the all the uh the games that seem pick worthy this week are all coming out of the SEC. Uh the next game is Auburn at South Carolina. South Carolina is a three and a half point underdog. Um, I I went back and forth on this because I could see South Carolina upsetting Auburn almost at home, but I'm going to take Auburn to cover. I think coming off of their performance last week, I think Auburn's going to be a little more motivated. Um, I don't know. I just I don't think South Carolina is quite there yet. I don't think Auburn is as good as people thought either, but I feel like they're just a little bit more talented than South Carolina at this point to cover the three and a half. Fair. Hmm. I think that Auburn will win the game too. Um. I just. I can't. I can't roll with the Gamecocks quite yet. Back in the day with Spurrier, I really did like them. They just really haven't caught on for me at least since then. Um. I think Auburn. Um. Definitely covers three and a half point favorites. I think that they win by at least a touchdown. So. Um. Should be a solid game. Solid outing. No. Just looking over South Carolina's previous games here. Very close loss to Tennessee. Played Florida pretty tough. Florida looked pretty good. And they just murdered Vanderbilt, who's just doesn't want to be playing this fall, it looks like. Um, now you got a home game against Auburn after you're feeling good. An underdog in your own building. They get to have fans down there, too, because they're in the South. I know it's not full, but still. Mm, I'm going to pick them to at least cover. I'm going to pick them to cover for sure, I d- and I think they might win, but I'm going to pick them to cover. Auburn, I don't think has looked great. Um, I thought they deserved to lose that Kentucky game to start the year. 
but Kentucky kind of, you know, peed it down their leg in a way. Uh, threw the ball backwards and still won against Arkansas last week. I can't believe yeah. it. I mean, that just looks like what it looks like from the outside is like home cooking for like the SEC powers. You know what I mean? Like he just turns yeah. and throws it backwards. I kind of get the not like immediate recovery, but like the Arkansas guy kept going after the ball. He just kept stumbling and then eventually he fell on it. Yeah, I don't know. They got yeah. gypped. Um, maybe with maybe with the karma and South Carolina feeling good, I'm going to pick Gamecocks to cover. All right. Our first uh, different pick. Yep. <laughs> and I'll have to get Sam's picked too on these so we can uh, keep following along all year. Yeah. But uh, the next game, speaking of Kentucky, is Kentucky Ooh. at Tennessee. This one's a good one. Tennessee Ooh. is a six-point favorite, and I'm taking Kentucky all day. I don't think Tennessee is that good at all. They couldn't – I mean, their offense didn't look that great last week, and Kentucky's shown some flashes too. It's going to be, I don't know, I think it could be kind of a sloppy game, but I don't think Tennessee can beat them by more than six. So I'm taking Kentucky yeah. to cover. Yeah, I'm picking Kentucky to cover too, and I'll actually go as far as saying that they'll win the game. Um, I think that if Kentucky can have a complete game, bring it all together, they're a pretty decent team. Um, not saying that they can compete with the big dog like Georgia, Alabama, but um, I think they're a solid team. Uh, yeah, they'll cover, and I think they'll win. UK. I think the Tennessee of old, of previous years, I pick Kentucky maybe to win this one outright as well. Um, I think Tennessee's going to win. Kentucky's a well-coached team. Six points, that's, yeah. Tennessee wins, but it's by like four. I don't think they win by more than six. So I'll pick I'll pick Kentucky to cover. All right. And then the last one I had is Texas A&M at Mississippi State. Mississippi State's coming in as a five-point dog. Uh, they only, did Mississippi State only put up two points last week? Yeah. <laughs> I think they threw the ball like 70 times or something. Yes, they benched Costello after yeah. just lighting up <laughs> LSU. I, oh my gosh. I'm going to take the Bulldogs here. I think the law of averages says you're going to score more than two points the next week. So this is, this is a so Mike Leach thing to do. This would be. Yeah. I mean, everyone's like, oh, sure, beat LSU, then lose the next week to who they lose to Arkansas. Yeah. But this would also be prime Mike Leach. It's like, oh, AM just came off that big win against Florida. You just looked like absolute crap last week, putting up two points. Literally, your offense got shut out. This is the game where he strikes. Oh, man. I don't know. Don't know. Where's this game at? It's, at, at, it's in Starkville. Six point underdogs? Five. Five point underdogs. Oh man, I think they keep it close. I think A and M puts it away though. I'm gonna take A and M. I'm with Curdy. I got A and M. That was abysmal by Mississippi State. <laughs> um, I don't know how LSU feels. If they saw that game, they should be embarrassed because that was <laughs> pathetic. Uh, I just can't ride with Mississippi State after seeing that. I kind of was high for them um, after that LSU victory, but. I can't I can't do it any longer. Aggies win this game. All right. So those are the games I had for our regular picks. Um I wanna I guess... talk about something quick. LSU, Coach O. Is Coach O just a much more beloved Gene Chiswick from Auburn? <laughs> Had all the right assistance, a lot of talent, went out on that championship. 
lost all, signed a big contract after, loses the assistance, and doesn't look so great. I don't know. How are you guys feeling about Coach O right now? Um, I mean, he's definitely got his work cut out for him. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, he's he's proven it once already that he can he can you know rally a program around him in the whole state of Louisiana. I think he's gonna have to do that again now. Um, I think coming into the coming in as the head coach, he had basically everyone doubted him. Um, but now kind of coming in from the other from the other side of it, coming off a national championship, one of the best teams in college football history, some people might say. Yeah, and to perform like this in the first couple of weeks, um, I'm sure a lot of LSU fans are just gonna go, "Oh, COVID, COVID, it's weird, it's a weird season." Blah, blah, blah. Don't have Joe Burrow, but uh, I mean, it's gonna be tough. He's gonna have to prove it. I think their players are gonna have to step up and you know prove that they actually can can play in the SEC with all the big dogs and kind of follow up last year's team. But he's definitely got his work cut out for him. Yeah, um, I think that he's okay. Um, two pretty bad losses. Um, but I look at their offense and they're averaging more than 30 or sorry, 40 points per game. Um, that defense is just not looking too good for them. I don't know what it is, if it's, you know, coaching or what's happened to them. Um, but they just need to figure that out. They just need, you know, to step it up on defense. Um, yeah, I I think it's just kind of a wait and see game, you know? Um, yeah, I think they're in more, well, they lost a ridiculous amount of talent. They lost both offensive and defensive coordinator and their passing game coordinator. They lost an absolute ton. I'm not going to put all this on Coach O quite yet, though he's paid a lot of money. When you're paid that close to the top, you're supposed to be able to reload a little bit. I, I'm not, And it's been a weird year, so maybe that's what's hurt it. You didn't get all the normal practices at the start, like normal, so maybe that's kind of something. But I'm just going to say something to watch now for sure, just because of how different they look. Um, Bo Pelini's not looking like a great hire on the defensive side. Um, They're not stopping anybody at who they're playing, even when they won. So, yeah. You know, Curry, I think that you made just a a great point. If you're getting paid big dollars like that, you know, you're expected to win those games, you know, and I think that – you make a, a brilliant point there. Um, I don't want to say that he should be, you know, looked at a little more carefully quite yet, but I do think that, you know, it's justifiable to say, all right, let's see how you do the rest of the year. Yeah. It's not a good start. And like you said, the defense, Bo Pelini's their D coordinator. Yeah. Enough said. <laughs> I actually liked Bo when he was at Nebraska, but um, yeah. I'm not saying like he's on the hot seat or anything, but I think there might be some doubts kind of creeping into the back of LSU fans' heads right now. Just like, oh, wait, was it really just like everything just kind of perfectly fell together last year? And was it really just that offensive coordinator guy, passing coordinator that's now, you know, in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers? But we'll see. I like Coach O. I don't know if there's anyone besides maybe other SEC fans that don't like Coach O. He's a pretty likable guy, I feel like. Um, I don't know if you saw his uh, halftime interview last week, but he kept his mask up and tried to talk, and you had no idea what he was saying. It was, yeah. Oh, eat some gumbo. Go Tigers. Like, that's all it was. <laughs> I don't know. It was completely, couldn't make out any words. Um, another point I want to bring up here, 
just saw some other people kind of bringing to my attention on Twitter. Remember the mighty, mighty, you know, everyone, oh, just don't, just get out of the way of the SEC West. Just the perennial powers in there. What are you going to do? Well, let's take a look here. You have Alabama, which no one's questioning Alabama. They're a powerhouse anywhere. Um, most of the time, the teams in the SEC West don't beat them either. So, okay. You have Auburn, which we just talked about. They don't look anywhere near top 10 right now that they claim to be preseason. They're 2-1. and one. They're in second place. A&M is 2-1, and one, tied for second. Bama already played them and just pounded the piss out of them. You got fourth place, all tied for fourth. Arkansas, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, they're all sitting there at 1-2. and two. I just, it's ridiculous now. The media's already said, oh, the offensive execution has just gotten so good, which is true. But it's funny when the SEC West beats up on each other. It's because of great offense and just, you know, terrific competition. But when it happens elsewhere in the Big Ten, Pac-12, we're looking at like, that conference is crap this year. What's wrong with them? Where are their powerhouses? It, that, I'm just saying, the SEC, specifically SEC West, just gets that excuse no reason other than they're the SEC West. Well, don't you know, Kurt, no one has to play as tough as a schedule as teams in the SEC West or even some teams in the SEC East. It's just tougher, and it just means more. It's, yeah. <laughs> I, it's, yeah, if I could have it, I'd have four SEC teams in the playoff. Well, because you're looking, look at their schedules right now, right? They're missed. SEC usually does the eight-game conference schedule and four non-conference I'm not saying all of them. Sometimes they'll sneak in a decent opponent, but a lot of them use that as their advantage and get four freebies in there, right? So go down this line. Yeah. So Mississippi State, all those guys at the bottom, they're not one and two. They'd be five and two right now. What I mean? Like, right. Look how much better that looks compared to like, oh, we're just playing, I want to say real teams, but, you know, it's different competition. Like the Big Ten, we play nine conference games every year. Right. And, And then when someone, when you beat someone up, Someone, you know, someone that they're not supposed to in conference, like, oh, another team that should have won. They're just down this year. It's like, no, you guys get a, just a whole extra game boost most of the time. I feel like that doesn't get brought up. I wish the SEC would stay to this just because it's better football. And I'm not trying to rip on them. And they probably still are. They might be the best conference again this year. But I just don't need to hear all these excuses made for them. It's like, hey, that's football. That's what happens. That's what's supposed to happen. Power five football when you play that many games against your conference, you know, like those games, those losses are supposed to happen. That's what makes college football fun. Right. Every game matters, especially within your conference. And it's definitely going to bring back the point that we've been hammering home. I think every episode so far is, uh, why are we ranking these teams so early? Why is Auburn start so high? We were saying it even in the first episode that we came back kind of from our little hiatus there. Like we beat Auburn. (laughs) We, (laughs) why are they just like, yep, here's this, potential like they could go on a run they could make a run for the west like no why just look at all the guys we returned i'd say it's probably equal if not more than what auburn returned i'm not gonna lie i don't know all of auburn specifics but i know they lost a good amount of defensive guys they just start at 10 and when we might not play we used to also just dropped out we're at 25 we just manhandled that team last year in the in the bowl game there are 15 spots ahead of us just and because nobody and nobody opted out to play to not play for Auburn. Yeah. Like they had what's his name? Derek uh Derek Williams, was it? 
Yeah, something. Gosh. No, Derek Brown. Derek, Derek Brown. Brown. Yeah. Drafted top ten in the draft. We manhandled I mean, them. Just, just, yeah, we dominated that game. We won that game fair and square. Not controversial. We were the better team. And you know what? Yep. SEC riders are down there. That's all. Well, then they just say. they just let these months go by. They see the recruiting class, and all of a sudden that just bumps them up the rankings. When one, the recruiting class, like you don't even know that could could be a bust. You never know how they're going to turn out when they get there. You know, it's just mm-hmm. that's why that's why I think a lot of it's you got to go with like proven talent if you're even going to do preseason rankings to begin with. Right, but it doesn't happen. I mean, Michigan's ahead of us. Proven talent, or you have to take into account, yeah, the last season. Yeah, because to me that 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 tells me that they didn't really take an account last season. If you're ranking the Auburn ahead of the Gophers, to me that that doesn't really. I don't know what I don't know that yeah. criteria. I guess maybe they were just super high on Tyler Johnson. You'd be like, man, he was just their dude. That's why they can't come back. I don't maybe know. Maybe just they just drop like. Just ten slots just because of missing in. Yeah. TJ, you the man. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, you guys got anything else you want to add? I don't think I do. No. No. Um, I'm excited though to kind of follow with the Gophers though this next week leading up yep. to the big game on Saturday. Um, and we'll have a full breakdown preview episode. Uh, you know, kind of giving our thoughts, East to victory type thing going into Michigan. Um can't believe we're like a week away it just it kind of came up fast but we've seen all these teams been playing and we're finally here after after thinking the season was done you know i wonder wonder if game one anyone major is going to be gone because of covid hope not i hope not um as we know like florida they kind of shut everything down that's right their game got postponed i hope i'm hoping that you know it doesn't become a disaster i hope that isn't a trend that some programs follow in the Big Ten. It really is, you know, important. You know, you know, everyone does their due diligence in the Big Ten, stays safe. Although, you know, it's kind of out of their hands. You know, can't really control yeah. getting this this virus or not. But yeah, um, I'm hoping, especially this next week, everyone's safe. Everyone does their due diligence and um, going to Saturday with no problems, no distractions. Absolutely. Till next time, Gopher Nation. Talk to you soon.